Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of business unveiled. And I'm so excited to talk to one of my sweet friends, Erica. She just launched a podcast not too long ago and I got to be on her podcast and I'm like, girl, you need to come to my podcast and tell all these women and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, but I think we have more ladies listening, how you freaking do all the stuff you do because you're so well-educated. You are so smart. You're an author. You're a mom. You're an incredible leader. And the one thing that I really love about you is you are consistent on showing up. You are always consistent at like showing up for people. So before we dive in, and I know a little bit about you, but I would love for you to tell our listeners and our audience a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten to where you are today. Cause it's quite a journey. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be with you today and so honored to just meet uh, your, you know, huge following because I absolutely love following you and seeing all your uh, glitter of inspiration that you give to so many other people and, you know, just giving, giving back tenfold. So yeah, a little bit about me. Well, I am, uh, you know, and I won't bore you guys too much. Originally from Massachusetts, went to school at Villanova, got my degree in civil engineering, went back and got my MBA. I've actually been in the corporate space in the construction world. Yes, I own a hard hat and steel toe boots and have been climbing the corporate ladder that way and doing a lot with women empowerment. I've actually started two women empowerment groups, you know, just again, showing women that like, listen, even though I'm in a male dominated field, what they can do and the impact that they can make, um, even in a, you know, less traditional um, necessarily role or field than most women would say, have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, alongside that, I have two young kids. I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. My husband and I also wear, uh, although he's in corporate America too, we also both wear uh, entrepreneurial hats. We have our own real estate business where we buy real estate, we got them, we rent them out. Um, and then also one of my main passions, I used to own a gym, taught fitness classes for over 15 years. I absolutely love health and wellness. And I truly believe that we can't show up in any aspect of our lives unless we're truly um, nurtured with the right products and in, in us and being able to show up at our very, very best. And with that being said, um, I started my own wellness business about three years ago and just had built an international uh, business and have been having a ton of fun with it because it's really allowed me to do a lot of other things like speak and start my podcast and write a book and, you know, all those other things in between. So it is a lot though. <laughs> well, but this is how we get along so well. <laughs> Because it's like, sometimes people probably listen to me and, and they're listening to us and they're like, oh my gosh, I have people tell me like, it just makes me tired. But the thing is, it's like when you love what you're doing and you are inspired every day to help people and 
do different things. Like there's nothing wrong with splitting your time and sharing your time. As long as it's bringing you happiness and you love what you do, then why would you not diversify your time and, and try to do everything that you do? But I would love for you to share with us just how you have made the transition from like your various career paths. Like, was there friends or people that were like telling you, Erica, you should do this. Or was there like a little voice in your head saying, Mm -hmm. okay, it's time for the next thing. Like, how do you make those jumps? Because going from the corporate America to then real estate, to then wellness, to author, to speaker, to mom, how do you find that inspiration to do those different things? Like, was it other people driving you or how did you even say like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Like, do you have a vision map or, mm-hmm. cause I know there's people listening and they're probably doing something right now that they love and they might be doing something that eh, it's okay, but they know there's something more. So right. are there signs that they can look for? Like what's helped, you know, that, okay, it's time to do the next thing. Yeah. And I think that's such a great question. I'm so glad you asked me that because I think, you know, where I know even my generation, you know, I got what I was told or what went through my head and probably many reasons that I'm still in corporate is that, you know, I was told like, go get your degree, work really hard, find a good career, work there for a lot of times, climb the corporate ladder. And that's kind of what, and now you see this, these next generations coming through and they're like, heck to that traditional, like, Hey, listen, I have to fit into a square box, but I will say, as I get so much joy out of my corporate career in that aspect. And, but like I said, at the beginning, I like to wear a lot of different hats and I can't say it was one, like, I don't have this perfect roadmap that was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a left at this time. I'm going to take a right here and sharp, you know, turn here. And, um, but what I do have is I do have a vision board and I do have a board of what the things that I do want to come to fruition in my life. And with that being said, the different paths you need to take to be able to get there. And I can't say that I have it perfectly spelled out. And it was actually interesting. I was on the Peloton this morning. I was actually thinking, I was like, wow, 10 years from now, like, what will my life look like? And I was like thinking like, and all these things, the things that went through my head were all the things that are on my vision board, the things that I want to actually happen, not necessarily how I'm going to get there. And I think if we get too stuck on the how, we sometimes like either out of fear won't do it or trepidation or two, it will just absolutely like stop us dead in our tracks. And then we just stay comfortable with where we're at. So to me, it really needs to be a lot of like your own digging and figuring out what you want your, you know, dream life, quote unquote, to look like and how, and then figuring out the how behind it, but really digging into your passion. I know like when I, I've always my dad from the get-go always said, you know, pay yourself first, right? It was one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me. And that started with a Roth IRA right out of school, right? You know, I just paid myself first. And he's like, I don't care if you can only put $20 in it a month. Like that's what you can afford, but pay yourself first. And to me, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And now I look back and for instance, with real estate, I was like, well, listen, why should I pay someone else's rent when I can have someone, you know, pay my rent or, you know what I mean? Or, or, or look at it as an opportunity. So that came in at like kind of that stage of my life. I was 24 years old, had no idea what I was doing with real estate, but kind of took that risk. Same with wellness. I loved fitness. I loved wellness. I loved, you know, 
owning my own gym and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, at that point in my career, I was getting a lot of fulfillment in my corporate career, but I decided really like I needed something more. I needed something more that was my own and that followed that passion. <clears throat> and it almost makes me sometimes think about when I was in college, I was getting my civil engineering degree, which was really rigorous. And there was a lot of like labs and classes and people were like, oh my goodness, why'd you check that box? And I'm like, I don't know. And yet again, on the side, I would babysit. And I also would, would waitress because I have a high E personality and I knew I needed another facet. So I always say, listen, you can go down multiple swim lanes. You don't have to pick just one direction. Um, but I always say, be careful. You don't pick too many directions that you get so derailed that you're like this, like growing vine and like nothing sticking either. Well, and I know for me, it's, it's funny because it reminds me of like going from like, I was a waitress at the cooker. I don't know if y'all remember the cooker. It doesn't exist anymore, but their ranch dressing was so freaking amazing. And their bread was so good. It was like this fluffy wheat bread anyway. But I would go when I was in college, like I would go and work at the morgue and I did not know it was with dead people. Um, I was a gymnast and taught a lady who was in her thirties at the time. And I'm like, God, I hope I look like that when I'm 30. And you know, you just, you look up to people that you think 30 is so old. <laughs> and so I would go and like be a secretary there, but then come home and it was, I would stay with my parents, you know, when I was home from college. And so my mom would like make me strip down before I would come in and like out of my scrubs and then she would like make me a sandwich and feed me. And then I would go and work at the cooker. And I would like the people that I worked with knew what I was doing, like an internship. And they're like, that is just so gross. But like the stories, but like, here we are around food. Um, and I wasn't very passionate about that, but I did learn a lot in the short time that I was there, but I knew that it was time to move on because I didn't feel that burning passion for working at a morgue. Um, and then I feel like everybody, every, everybody, I don't care who you are and what you do. Everybody should try to wait, just wait tables at least for one month. A hundred, right? A hundred percent. It teaches you hospitality, yes, <laughs> people, how to listen, how to serve, and then also you're going to have people that are not so nice to you. And it reminds me of like how I never want to be treated. And so it just, it gives you a heart. So like whenever, I mean, prior to the pandemic, I mean, I ate out a lot and I always would think of myself and I'm like, okay, you know, be polite. It's not always their fault. If they bring you something wrong usually it's the cook's fault, you know, but it's like, don't be rude to people. Everybody makes mistakes, but it teaches you how to really have that customer service and, and hospitality. Like everyone should be a server at some point in their teenage college life, like just to learn uh, about how to take care of people. Yeah. So I could, I, I could not agree more. And I think also like, I just go back and like, just like just thinking about like the dynamics of like, you know, and, and, and talk about multitasking. Like I used to work at a place that on Thursday nights was a dollar a dozen wings and it was like the place to go. And you can only imagine, I mean, talk about grease. I mean, I had to wash my hair three times 
you know, before like going out on Friday night just to get the like the grease residue. Oh out, my God. You know, but it was like, and it was a hustle, right? And people yeah. were complaining like for a dollar that their wings were too cool or they didn't get enough celery or like, you know, and you really had to learn how to manage that. And I totally agree with that. I could not agree with you more that I feel like everyone needs to be, have that opportunity to know how to treat, you know, uh, anyone in that, you know, in that industry and, or, um, also how to tip, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know when people would leave seriously. me 10, you know, 10 cents on a dollar, a dollar, you know, um, order of wings and you were like, really, really didn't someone teach you better than that? <laughs> that's just rude. Okay. Like you, you just don't do that. I mean, that's how some people make a living. I mean, come on. So when you started to have kids, how did you shift your mindset of like, okay, how do I turn off my entrepreneurial mindset and then be present to like be a mom? Like, how do you turn it off and on? <laughs> well, Angela, I wish I had the perfect answer. And for anyone listening today and you're, you're in that, like in that mom world, I have a, like I said, a four and a seven-year-old, there's a lot of chaos always going on in my household, like a really rambunctious seven-year-old son who, you know, if he could play football. NFL football in the house at all times, we would be. And, um, you know, my daughter who can have her own challenges too. And it's just, it's crazy. Life gets crazy. It gets upside down, but I don't try to, you know, I try to compartmentalize and I do try to like make boundaries with certain things, but I realized, listen, this is part of the future I'm building for them. And part of the lessons I want to teach them, like I want them to be entrepreneurial whether it's their owning their own business and doing their own thing or just entrepreneurial and like just the way they go about, you know, in the classroom or the way that they're going to go about being on a sports team one day or whatever it is. Like, I want them to see those lessons. So I do try to incorporate them a lot. I most recently ran for a really big goal a couple of weeks ago. Um, like that was like under my entrepreneurial thing and I made them part of it. And on Monday, I told them that mom was running for this goal the following Sunday. And I made... We had to get, you know, to the, the the hundredth mark or whatever that was. And I made, I made them part of it. They helped me like cut it out and put it up. And every morning by Wednesday morning, my son was checking my phone more than I was checking my phone to be like, mom, where are you at? What's your score at? Where's this at? Where's that at? And like making them part of that because they have to, to me, my kids seeing that work ethic is one of the best things I can teach them. And I may not be the mom that always bakes the fresh brownies or is always at the school play or is always, well, I wouldn't miss the school play. Okay. I'll, <laughs> but maybe it's the field trip, but I will tell you that I will teach them heart and hustle and showing them that like anything you want in life and whether that's to be that NFL player or my daughter, you know what I mean? To to, you know, whatever she, her aspirations end up being, you know, at forts, she has a lot of them, um, that it's, it's so important to have that heart and hustle behind it. So it's challenging some days. And I will say, because I do love the entrepreneurial side, sometimes it is hard to shut it off and to say, okay, listen, it's their time, but being able to really look at the time that it's really quality versus, you know, the quantity you know what I mean? It doesn't matter that I'm not there for the eight hours, but the hour that I am there, it's, you know, looking them in the eyes, asking those questions, getting down on the floor, reading that book, you know what I mean? And engaging and letting them know they're just as important, um, more important than, 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 the, than, than the hustle. But I love that, that you incorporate them. Yep. 
not a lot of people do that, that I know they really try to keep work, work. And then when I'm at home, be somebody different. Mm -hmm. And this morning I was texting with one of my nieces and, um, she had posted something that I saw and other people saw it too. And texted me, I, I love how this like social media world works. And they're like, what is your niece doing? And I'm so, you know, I politely texted her and I said, you know, I would just, I, I just want you to consider anything that you're posting content wise before you hit post, think about how your brothers and your sisters and you nanny for three families, how those kids would perceive some of these things because they look up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to be a mom to her, but I mean, I didn't homeschool her for a while. And so she's like, I don't need you to act like my mom. I'm an adult. I'm 18. <laughs> and I'm like, I would consider your cocky attitude. Um, because what you're putting out is a reflection of what you're bringing back in. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that putting valuable content out there to help other people is really what this is about. This isn't about if you're angry with your mom or your boyfriend, you don't go posting things publicly. Like you've got to learn to talk through those things. Right. And she's like, why do you have to talk to me like a professional? I am your niece. And I'm like, okay, first off, I am who I am in my business, all my businesses. And in everyday life, I'm the same person. I don't, I don't talk to you differently that I, that I would anyone else. And I think that's the key that a lot of people are missing is what you just said. Like you show up and you incorporate it into your life because that's who you are. And so that's something that, you know, still she's 18 and she thinks she knows everything. How many of y'all have 18 year olds out there? (laughs) You know, wait till you're dreading the teenage years. (laughs) It's like, I mean, we got a family therapist to like, who, who is amazing. Like she's a teenage therapist that like teaches you how to, I guess, like talk on their level or, or, you know, I don't want to come across as like, let's not be defensive. Like let's take accountability and thank people for bringing it to my attention and really say like, I can do better. You're right. And that's a taught skill. And, you know, I'm learning that. And so showing up who you are authentically at work, off work, at home, like the people that turn it off and turn it on. I I just find it exhausting because I I don't know how to turn it off. And it's like, I am who I am. Right. So is there, and and let's face it, there has to be some moments when you do, right. You know what I mean? We all need that time away from it. And that's hard for me to do, like put the phone away, put the computer away, put the technology and just be completely present. Um, but like you said, I think also incorporating them and showing them like, Hey, listen, you can combine this into your life. You know what I mean? And like, let's face it, like life does merge, you know what I mean? In, in different ways. Um, and I know like, again, we ran for a big trip a couple months ago and that was to go to Fiji and we're going to Fiji as a family in September. And they knew that was part of the goal. I got them a travel book and we started looking at it and they started picking out the places they wanted to go. I didn't even know if I was going to win this trip. And long story short, when they found out I won it, I mean, 
they were off the wall. My little four-year-old says, well, ma, ma, she heard on the radio the other day, I think they were talking about Fiji water. And she's like, mom, Fiji, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. And like teaching them to dream big and like that they're part of it and that there is reward that's associated with it too. You know, just, you know, that, that, Hey, listen, because mom had a sacrifice and explaining that to them, Hey, listen, mom may not be as present this week, or I may not, you know, make it to soccer practice this week because I'm working on this, but Hey, listen, because of this, our family gets to do this. And there's a huge payoff. And I love that. That's amazing. Is there one risk? Cause I know our personalities are similar and we're like, we're just like, yes, risk. Like we don't even think about it. It's like, let's just try it and do it. And if it doesn't work, okay, get up, learn from it, do it again, you know, yep. learn from every experience. But is there like one risk that you took and you are so glad that you took it because if you didn't take that risk, you know, you wouldn't have an outcome. Like, is there one thing that you can think of? Oh goodness. I think, like you said, I mean, I feel like I take risks every single day, like the little things. And I always say like, listen, if you're not taking like tightening it or going like 1% more every single day, like you're not making yourself better. Like I don't want to ever say, stay, you know, stagnant. Um, And I think one of the, one of the risks that I know I took in my professional career was I remember I was, um, so again, I was a civil, I was trained to be a civil engineer. I got into project management. That was my role. That was my role. And I made sure, like I asked because I knew I wanted to continue to climb the corporate ladder. I knew I was in a very male dominated world where I was like, listen, I know there's gonna be a lot of competition, like, especially since I didn't, you know, grow up in necessarily that niche or, um, you know, in that construction space. And how do I climb the corporate ladder? How do I get the seat at the table? How do I be, be, you know, at the board table that I need to be at? And how is my voice going to be heard? How am I going to be able to lean in? And I remember like taking the risk and saying, I'm going to, at the time, the COO of the company, you know, of a 6,000, you know, person company, $2 billion, like, you know, he has a couple other initiatives to deal with and saying, hey, listen, can I meet with you once a quarter? And one of the biggest pieces of advice he gave me was like, hey, listen, in order to take your career to the next level, you have to get into operations. Like, it's just part, like you need that feather in your cap, you need that experience. And I will say that I was eight months pregnant when this operations position got posted um, when I took you know, my la- uh, two career moves ago and it was the operations manager. And I remember walking into my VP's office and I said, listen, I said, I'm going to apply for this job. It's like, well, you don't you leave for maternity leave in like 22 days or something? I'm like, well, it might be 21, might be 23. Like, I don't know when the baby's coming. And um, just raising my hand and saying, hey, listen, I am going to, I'll come back from maternity leave. And this is the, you know, if you're willing, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm more than qualified for the position. And, you know, when I come back, I want to, I want to knock it out of the ballpark and having a lot of fear being like, I know I'm going to have a three month old when I come back. I know. I know, I don't know if I, I've never been in operations, but I know that's the next step I need to take. Well, lo and behold, I look back and over, that was, you know, when my, my daughter, she's now four, um, when I took, when I took that move, right. And four years later, I've now gotten three promotions since then in my corporate career. And most recent one, I've actually been asked, not, you know, asked to start in a complete new department, which started in November. Um, and because I was willing to take those risks, you know what I mean? And what it led to, and there was many, many days I 
had the imposter syndrome. I did. I was like, I don't know if I know what I'm doing. I don't know, like, you know, if I'm going to be able to handle all this, but I was like, listen, I have passion and I have purpose and I can figure out just about anything. And with all else fails, Google it. And you know what I mean? Like you can figure most things out in life. Like if you have that heart and hustle. And that's what I always tell my kids. I'm like, you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be, you know what I mean? Have the, the, you know, the best, this is the best that I was like, you got to you have heart and you got to have hustle. And if you have that, you can figure most everything else out. Oh, that is so good. It's so good. Just ask, like you said, you raise your hand. Mm -hmm. And if you just ask the worst they could do is say no, or some, some leaders I find that are not as secure in taking risks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I know when I worked in healthcare, you know, I had a few bosses and leaders that would say things to me. If I asked her, like I, I push the boundaries constantly. And I would say a few of my bosses in healthcare were not fond of me. Um, in fact, one in particular, I know she wasn't. And she flat out told me, she's like, you make me look bad and you're out there recruiting all these doctors, building all these relationships and promising all these things. And then, and I'm like, and then what you're not delivering because of communication. That sounds like somebody else's problem to me. Say, not your issue. <laughs> like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I mean, I was a bit of a smart ass, um, you know, but it, it, you know, there's always something more, but I started to learn and see a pattern that some of the people that felt really safe and secure. And like you said, it was enough for them. They did just enough to get by, to mm. stay there. And, and like, I wasn't okay with that. I'm like, I don't want to half-ass do something. I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And like, let's do it right. And let's have good mm. communication. But I'm really thankful that I was around people like that. And I had leaders like that mm. because it always puts me back in my place sometimes when, you know, now is a leader and leading other people, whether it's in events or strategy or content, or we're all going to another country for a retreat and planning all of that. Like that matters that you treat everyone as a human being, mm -hmm. but you don't want to push people too much because if they're uncomfortable and they want to stay in their comfort zone, that's okay. I am, I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. I have learned right. to do that because we take risk, but just because you're that way doesn't mean that everybody else has to be that way and they still add value in some way. So I say that because I don't know, have you had all great leaders? Because I haven't. <laughs> have you no, had, but I, but I think really good mentors? I've, I've had a lot of really great leaders, right? I've yeah. had a lot of people that like, I always say like, you have to find those leaders because, you know, they always say the five people that you surround yourself with, right? Are who you're going to most likely be around. And like, listen, if I'm not working for leaders that I value and I respect and I trust and I like, how am I going to be that leader? Right. You know what I mean? So if you're not surrounded by the right leaders, find new leaders. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta, you, that may be your sign that, Hey, listen, it's time to move on or time to, to find those other sponsors or those mentors in your life. Um, that, that you do need to surround yourself with because 
the, there are few leaders that I've, I've worked for that may not have been quote unquote, I, I didn't even really define them as leaders. They were bosses. Yep. And I don't look at my bosses now as bosses. I look at them as leaders and I look at them as mentors and I look at them as sponsors. Like that's what I define myself as. And when I look at them literally as a boss that does my performance review and is going to like knock me down, then I'm like, listen, this isn't the type of like inspiration that, you know, I'm supposed to be around. However, on the flip side, it has shown me because of those leaders or those bosses I have learned some of the best aspects from those leaders, but I've also learned a lot of ways that I don't want to be quote unquote looked at as a boss, like, and how to utilize those things and be like, Hey, listen, those, when I worked for those people, like, or were surrounded by those people, how did they make me feel? Like, did they empower me or did they like, like you said, take, like, want to clip my wings off and, you know, like, and then think about yourself in your own role, be like, Hey, listen, who do I want to be? And so I really think that surrounding yourself with both um at different aspects at different times you're like you're let's face it you're not always going to have the most instrumental leaders around you but utilizing hey listen what are the things that i wouldn't do and i always say it's like kind of looking at our parents or the the way my kids will look at me one day like hey what are the traits that i really don't want of mom and i really don't want a dad and then trying to bring out us traits in you and let's face it sometimes you're still stuck with certain traits like my husband always reminds me like don't ever screw on caps like tight enough like he's like the pickles they always spill because you like you give it a half turn instead of a full turn like he's like and who wants pickle juice all over the place and like you know what there's some bad traits every once in a while you 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 know you pick up from your parents (laughs) and I know that's a silly example but like you know what I mean like hey listen are they are are the things that you pick up like Hey, listen, we're all going to have our nuances and we're all going to have those little things, but what are like the main traits that you want to be able to extract from those leaders or hence not the the, the traits you don't want to have? Yeah, no, I'm laughing because I feel like I'm always like in a hurry. I don't know why sometimes I'm like, I'm in a hurry to go upstairs and get on a podcast. And so it's like, I don't like, I don't put the lids on things. And so like shit will spill. Like most recently I was, I hadn't had my, my hair and makeup done in a long time. I mean, because of COVID and, you know, I hadn't worn makeup very much during COVID, but apparently months ago, I like had my makeup bag and I was getting my makeup done for something recently. And I hadn't put the, the, I didn't screw the lid like back onto this cream stuff, like foundation. And it was completely dried out. And so the guy that's doing makeup, he's like, do you not screw your lids back on? Like, you know, that's like leaving like the, the top off of the milk and like mold getting in there. And I'm like, well, I don't drink milk. So I don't know, but he's like, you gotta screw your lids on. Otherwise the moisture, and we had this hour long conversation about putting lids back on correctly on makeup because he's like, this is like $50. And I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll buy another one. Like it's, you know, it's like, it's not a big deal, but every time now when I'll like go open it, cause I did have to get a new one. Like a lot of my stuff had dried up and he's like, this, these are expensive things. And I'm like, you're right. I know, but he values makeup way more than I've. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and this guy definitely should be friends with my husband. Cause they probably would get along very well. Like, cause he just doesn't understand the concept. He's like, seriously. And I'm like, I'm always just rushing to the next thing or doing yeah. this like the toothpaste. Like, 
why can't you put the lid on? Like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even put the cat back on my toothpaste. I'm like, that's not not important to me. I was like, there's other things that you do that I don't get. Like, you know, it's so true. It's so true. So you're so much fun. Every time I talk to you, I just, I laugh. So one last question for anybody that's listening and they, you mentioned imposter syndrome or value, like how do you get up every day and really know your value? Mm. Like, is there something that you do? Do you have an affirmation app? Like what's something that like a takeaway for anyone listening and because entrepreneurship, it's not always easy. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's hard and it is a journey. And sometimes like, it's like, okay, is this, is this really valuable? Is, am I getting value right. and, and am I giving value? So for you, how do you, how have you come to know and learn? Like, what is your value? Mm. Oh, you know, and I, I don't think I've, I'll, I have that perfectly defined. And I think we're all evolving with it, right? Like knowing truly what your value is. And like, just like you mentioned at the beginning, right? Like you do one thing, well, you want a little bit more and, you know, you want that next bite and that next thing and that next business and the next idea. And like, you know, I think it's always a double-edged sword as entrepreneurs, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it leaves us unsettled in a lot of ways, but it also motivates us to like go to that next level and try that next thing and do it quote unquote afraid. Um, but I will say that every day, like just grounding my own self, like going back to that vision board, like I look at that every morning and like, what is my why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? I really try to make a concentrated effort on, you know, what are like daily, what are all, what are all the good things that have come into my life? Like literally abundant statements. Like I am so grateful for, and that day it literally can be like, because I screwed the cap on, right? Like I tried to make an effort for my husband, like, you know, and remembering, I think we think that we have to write like accolades down, like, oh, well, because I won the trip to Fiji. Well, that happens once every, you know, in a, like maybe in a lifetime, right? Like, so don't try to go to these massive mountains every day. Like what are the little things that are happening? And then also attraction statements. Who are you going to bring into your life? What do you want to attract? So if you have that boss that isn't the right leader for you, who do you want to attract into your life that you're going to bring in? And taking those five or 10 minutes in the morning to having that sort of routine. And I have this mindfulness meditation book. I'm will say I'm a horrible meditator because I never like give myself the time to do it. I'm sure I could get good at it just like anything else, like just like screwing caps on if I actually put the time around it. But I have this book in every single morning I read it and I really reflect upon it. And to me, that's my own meditation. And what I do to hold myself accountable is I actually post it on my stories. So if anyone's on Instagram, I'm on Instagram, you can always follow it. And I will tell you that when I don't post it, I have people ask me like, hey, listen, you didn't post it this morning. And why do I post it? Like, yeah, because I know it's going to help other people and share with other people, but it holds me accountable. It's making me say, hey, listen, I took that time for me this morning to maybe it makes me think of something else or it's the way that I'm going to go about my day or it's something that I want to share with someone else, maybe in my corporate career or in my, you know, entrepreneur side that like just needs to hear that message that day. Um, And then lastly, I always like for me, I'm a morning person. I usually get up around like, you know, 4 a.m. And I will tell you that um, movement every single morning I do 
usually a pretty intense workout. And it doesn't have to be an intense workout for me. That's what works. But I know once those endomorphins, like, you know, start pumping, once the juice starts going, like there is like, I feel like I could like go climb like Mount Everest when I'm done with my workout. And I puts me in that state of mind that I'm like, listen, this is my vision. This is my why. And it comes back to me because you know what? I've cleared out the junk or all the stuff that I doubted myself when I went to bed or I woke up in the middle of the night and forgot, you know, and I just kind of like say, okay, listen, today's a clean slate. Today's a new beginning. How am I going to get 1% better today? That's so awesome. And you know, not everyone has that perspective. I know that even some of my friends, like if something happens at work, or within their business or within their family, they will go to bed mad and they will wake up mad. Mm. And so that that's one thing that I really hear you and take away is it's a new day. It's a new Mm -hmm. beginning. Like, let's be thankful a, that we woke up Mm -hmm. B that we can get up and walk and go work out and go to the gym and do these things. And I will say, it sounds like you have like a routine, like a morning routine and you follow that routine and that gets you going. And I know in entrepreneurship, sometimes it's hard to like create those routines, but it's Mm -hmm. so important to have at least one thing that is a routine that you are doing every single day to better yourself. Because when you better yourself, you're also going to better your team members, your employees, everyone around you. It starts at the top and then it trickles down to the bottom. And just like most of us know, like, what is the time of the day that I'm going to like brush my teeth every day? And what's the time, you know, how am I going to wash my face every day? Like, just make it part of your routine. I always say building that habit. Remember, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen the next day. It takes 21 days to really start to even develop a habit. 30 days to really start to like make it like part of like your actual daily, like day-to-day life. So like, you got to be consistent. And like you said, I love that you said that too, Angela, that it doesn't need to be this massive thing. You don't need three hours in the morning to like do like, you know, five hours of meditation and like read three chapters of a book. Like it can be something very small, but do something that you know you can stay consistent with. Yeah, it's it's so important. This was so awesome. Where is, well, I know your favorite place where you hang out online, but where can people connect with you? What's your favorite platform? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I don't know. It's a mix up because like, I still say like I'm old school with like my generation, like I started with in Facebook. So I do love Facebook. Um, and I'm Erica, um, Rothenberger that's R O T H E N B E R G E R. And then Erica Lee L E A Rothenberger on Instagram. I love Instagram have really like, because of people like you, you guys have, you know, inspired me to be like, I can do a reel. I had no idea what a reel was, you know, six months ago, but I'm like, now I'm like mouthing things and doing this. My kids are like, when are we going to do one of those things again? You know? So, and I love sharing stories. I love just sharing like quote unquote, my favorite part is the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that I'm doing that like, you know, isn't the glamorous stuff. It's not with the perfect like lighting or lipstick or this, then the other, it's really just be real, like sweaty in the gym in my basement. That's messy. And you know what I mean? And being like, Hey, this is, this is, this is how I work out, but I make it happen. And it's real life. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. And that's why I love people who show the real shit yep. <laughs> because it's not real life when you see perfect all the time. It's nope. just, it's not, it's not. Nope. So thank you for showing up and thank you for putting yourself out there. You're, you're a breath of fresh air and you're so much fun. So 
everybody, we will put it in the show notes so that you can go follow Erica and connect with her. And if you have any health and wellness questions, I know that you love helping people on their health and wellness journey. You're awesome at that. So be sure to reach out to her and ask any questions. Any final thoughts, Erica? No, I think I think you summed it up perfectly. I just think, you know, the one thing I leave everyone with is just be willing to also make those connections. Angela and I met completely randomly, like, you know, on social media, this, then the other. And like, it's just, it can blossom into so many other things, um, you know, just building those relationships and finding the people, you know, that attraction in your life that, you know, that you want to surround yourself with to next level, you know, wherever you're at right now. So thank you so much. I'm honored that I was able to asked to be on today and hopefully uh, some people got some, some little nuggets to take away and help them next level, wherever they're at. Level up guys. Thanks so much for listening and watching. And I'll catch you guys next time on Business Unveiled. Bye, y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.